of scripture, and I'm going to kind of interview my wife. Is it? There we go. All right. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> and so we're going to start with the passage of scripture because I was, I was preparing for this message, some thoughts I wanted to help and deliver and be an encouragement to you. I was also thinking, what, can, what is going on in the mind of a woman? And for a man, that can be a scary place to enter. It really is a challenging, daunting place. And so I, I of course, would consult with my wife to make sure that I was heading the right direction. And we came across a passage in 2 Samuel chapter number 20. And if you have your Bible, you can turn there because this is going to be interview. But then, trust me, I, I do get to preaching, so it's hard for me. I may be sitting down, but I can hold it with me, and you know, I, I'll get up and I'll move around. So, but we're going to be in Second Samuel twenty. The scripture passage is in your worship guide, and then we're going to look at this passage because this is David, and he is king. He's now king, but he's not king over entire Israel. Israel is a divided country. He's the king over Judah. And he wants to unite all the other kingdoms. He wants to unite them together. But he's having some problems. And so in 2 Samuel chapter number 20, we see that there is a man in this passage whose name is Sheba. And we're going we're gonna to kind of study what Sheba starts doing. He caused all kinds of problems. And we're going to look into this. But before we get there, um, I've been influenced by so many wonderful women in my life. My mother, my grandmother. Um, my wife, there's just been, God has just blessed me. And as I began to think about my relationship with these types of people, I was thinking about something that these are remarkable women. And you and I may think about what does it take to be a remarkable woman? Have you ever thought about that? Like, nobody wants to be just plain or average. We all want to be remarkable. The moms in this room want their kids to think, my mom rocks. My mom is the best. Every, every wife in here wants to think that their husband just adores them, that they, they just think they're tops, that they're the best. And so I was thinking about this thought, what does it mean to be remarkable? What, what does it mean to stand out? And then I began to break down the word remarkable. The word remarkable just simply means to make a remark about someone. That's what it means. And in this passage, we're going to meet a woman who we're not going to know her name. We're not going to know her status, her background, her livelihood, where she's from. We're just going to learn one remark about her. And it's a powerful remark. Because this morning, I want to see the people in this room who are nurturing and loving and leading their homes and encouraging their homes to feel that they can be remarkable. It's a sad day and age where we live in where a person can think that I'm nothing. And we don't want that. We want to give you a picture of what God says you are, um, daughters of the king. You are special and wonderful. And it's been said, and you've heard it, the hand that moves, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that moves the world. And so your power, your influence, not a one of us have not been influenced by our mothers. And so we're going to dive into this passage. Verse number one of chapter 20 says this. And there happened to be there a man of Belial whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, we have no part with David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse, every man to his tents, O Israel. 
So every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan, even to Jerusalem. So here you see that splitting. David's trying to lead and unite a nation, but one person stands up and he's causing division in this passage. So here's what David begins to do. David, in chapter, in verse number six, David said unto Abishai, now shall Sheba the son of Bichri do us more harm than Absalom. Now Absalom was David's son who rebelled against the kingdom and caused all kinds of problems. David is saying, hey, this Sheba, he'll do more damage. He'll do more harm to the country than my own son did. And his son caused a lot of turmoil. So you can see that this is a big deal. This isn't just some little annoying person. Hey, David, you know, sticks and stones would break up my bones, but names would never hurt me, you know, kind of thing. It's not what this is. This is a big deal. And so David's going to send his right-hand men after him. And he said in this verse, he said, And pursue after him, lest he get him, bent cities, and escape us. And there went out after him Joab's men, and the Cherethites, and the Pelethites, and all the mighty men. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And they came and besieged him in Abel, and they cast a bank against the city, and it stood in the trench. And all the people that were with Jacob uh, battered the wall to throw it down. Verse number 16, this is interesting. So they besieged the city where Sheba's in. And verse number 16, the Bible says, Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Hear, hear, I pray you unto Joab, Come near hither, that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then she spake, saying, they were, not, they were wont to speak in old times, saying, They shall surely ask counsel of Abel. And so they ended the matter. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel? Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, for be it from me that I should swallow up and destroy. The matter is not so, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown down unto thee over the wall. She doesn't mess around, does she? She means business. His head. He, here, Joab just wants him, just hand him over. She says, Oh, no, no. We'll throw his head down to you. Uh, don't mess with this. She's a bad mamma jamma, okay? You don't want to mess with her. She, is, uh, she means business. Verse 22. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and cast it unto Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent. And Joab returned to Israel under the king. Here is disaster avoided because of one woman that we don't know her background. We don't know her name. All we know is one remark, and they said she was a wise woman. And here, hon, I want to ask you this question. What does it take for us to be remarkable in this room what are the what are your outtake from this passage what do you see that from this woman's life that made her so remarkable one of the things that i noticed about this woman like what you said we don't know her name we don't even know if she's smart or you know if she's rich which actually gave me a lot of hope because <laughs> i'm not this could be just any ordinary woman mm -hmm. like us um her approach was very remarkable mm. um i'm always reminded you know in this where she was, sh she was in a terrifying position. I mean, her city was about to be taken down. Mm -hmm. And she r responded in such a 
wise way. Um, it says, I put here, emotions are indicators, not dictators. Mm. And a lot of times, we women, um, you know, we plan our days. And I think I was telling you about this. Um, you mentioned it last week. You know, we're going on a trip. The husband just packs his stuff and gets in the car and honks the horn. And the mom, we make sure there's food for the kids. We make sure they're... Um, their diaper bags are packed, and, you know, we plan for everything before you leave the house. You make sure the house is nice and neat. We go through all these things, and then the husband is just, all right, let's go. <laughs> but um, yeah. there's things that happen, and um, sometimes things don't go our way. And it's easy for us women, I call it PMS, princess must cream moments, or we have those mommy meltdowns. Um, and it's easy for us to just react based mm -hmm. on how we feel. But this woman... She reacted in such a humble way. Hmm. The Bible says when she went to Job, she said she referred to herself as a handmaid, as a servant. And that to me tells that she was very humble. Mm -hmm. Before she went up, she knew she was right. She knew this guy was doing the wrong thing. You know, she wanted to stop him. And a lot of times we can get into that situation. We know we're right. We know we're going to say the right thing. But she was very humble. She went up to him, and she referred to herself as a handmaid, a servant. Mm. And to me, when you're, um, I wrote down here, humility opens opportunity. Um, sometimes people would listen to us just because of our position. Oh, well, I'm the mom. You need to listen to me. Mm -hmm. But not because of our disposition. Mm. Um, when you're humble, and I was challenged by this, when I'm humble, my kids would not just listen to me because I'm the mom, but because... I'm showing humility. Yeah. They want to listen to me more, not because I'm pu pushing my position. Well, I'm the mom. You need to listen to me, but because of my disposition. And that's so crucial because we understand that. And that's what we've been talking about in our series, Climate Change, how the attitude, and you've heard it, the attitude can determine the altitude of the situation. Your attitude, your outtake on how things come in. If you, if sh imagine if this woman, this wise woman, this w remarkable woman would have stepped into this situation with her hand on her hip, a finger up in the air getting in Joab's business. How do you think this situation would have played out? Earlier in the passage, we didn't read it. Joab just murdered a guy earlier in this passage for nothing. He just, the guy was giving him problems, took out his dagger, and just ended his life. Joab is not a, not a very patient person. He's not the type to, let's sit back and let's ponder the ramifications. No, no, he's a man of action. He's one of David's mighty men. He's a I-don't-take-lip-from-anybody type person. So here's this woman. She understands who this is, and here her approach is one that is so humble. She says, "The handmaid of the uh, hand, your handmaid." This is that position of just humility, just humbling herself. And I like what you said. Um, emotions are indicators, not dictators. Our emotions sometimes they control our lives, don't they? We've seen those moments. Um, can you think of when was the last time you handled? something and you wish you wouldn't have handled it like that and then when you think back it was because you let your emotions get the better of you here this woman of course she's scared this is her home this is her family we don't know who's here that she loves she's trying to protect them but at the same time she's a wise woman she was wise in her approach that is so good really appreciate that but what what about this um i wrote down another question here under her approach why do you believe she had the credibility to be taken seriously in such a dire circumstance? Well, I also want to add first before oh, we, yeah, we, we go we to messed this up. Well, we got to go back. <laughs> um, when she was faced, when she was in the situation, she addressed the issue 
without attacking the individual. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, we go through a situation and we look for that person. Who's the problem? Who did this? Mm -hmm. Who said this? And that's who we attack instead mm -hmm. of the issue. Um, it reminded me one time we went to um, Chipotle. Does anybody here love Chipotle? Oh, <laughs> yes. Chipotle. There we go. Um, so we went over there, and we just wanted to have a good time. I didn't want to make dinner. And um, I, I went up to the guy, who the server, and I always get the same thing, the chicken salad. And, you know, we, we planted the church here, so I wanted to be friendly with everybody, and I wanted to be Christ-like. And um, I told him what I wanted, but he was just so rude. I mean, he was plopping the food, and I was like, oh, I don't want that. And he was, like, taking it out. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy was just so rude. And I was trying to, you know, hey, how is your day going? And he just kind of ignored me. And I'm like, okay, did I do something wrong? I don't know why you're so rude. And they passed the bowl to the next server, and even the servers were like, I'm so sorry. You know, he's having a bad day. Like, they were kind of, like, whispering. And I'm like, oh, it's okay, you know, and I'm like, whatever. And um, so we sat down, and it really bothered me how he treated me. But I was like, you know, I was trying to help him. I was trying to like, make his day better, mm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so as, as we sat down, I went up and got a drinks. And the manager was standing um, by the drinks. And I went up to him, and I was like, you know, um, I'm not trying to cause any more problems. But one of the servers was just kind of rude. And I don't know if I, made it, if I made his day worse. But I was trying to help him, and he was very apologetic. And I'm so sorry how the way he treated you. That shouldn't have happened. And I said, you know, I don't want him to get in trouble just because mm -hmm. of what I said. But I just said, you know, I tried to help him, but, you know, he didn't want to listen to me, I guess. <laughs> and so we sat down, and one of the, the lady from the register came, mm -hmm. da came and handed us a coupon, and it said, buy one, get one free. She's like, you know, this is just for you because you were treated wrong. And I'm like, oh, you know, you don't have to give us anything. And then the other server came and gave us another coupon that says buy one, get one free. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I didn't. I mean, I just told them, you know, I didn't, I didn't cause any problem, whatever. And then after that, the guy who was rude came to our table and apologized. And he was like, you know, I just had my wisdom teeth pulled. I'm in a lot of pain. And I said, oh, no, no, you know, I'm sorry if I made your day worse. And he apologized. And then he laughed. And then the manager came and handed us, like, two more coupons <laughs> that says, like, free meals. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, we could just sit here and keep getting all these coupons. But my, my point is, when I went to the manager, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't attack this person, even though he treated me so rude. I mean, he was just like, I mean, mm -hmm. he was like plopping the food there and, you know, like the rice and the beans were falling. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And mm -hmm. But he was, you know, the humility. Yes. I, I didn't attack him. Like, you shouldn't have treated me like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care what your day is going through. And I try to help him. Mm -hmm. And so I think humility like what i said yeah. opens opportunity and then our flesh always is looking to attack the individual we're always looking for who's the cause of the problem we are we're quick to blame we're quick to find somebody and say it instead of saying what is the issue she knew very quickly what the issue was she knew that it was sheba she didn't say job what are you doing here you have no right i'm going to go to the king about this she knew the issue she wasn't attacking how would that change the dynamic of your home instead of attacking the person but you're going to the issue. You're having struggles with your teenager. What's the issue behind it? You're having struggles in your marriage. What's the issue behind it? Because attacking the person, it gets you nowhere. And we've been down that path. We've all been down that path where we, we, we attack the person. And we're always frustrated by the result. Never once, even if we get our way, we're never satisfied. Even if we win the argument, husbands, if we're like, yes, I won. It feels good for like 1.2 seconds. And then after that, we're just like, 
oh man, this is gonna take me forever to get the, to work this over and to straighten this thing out. So attacking the issue, not the individual, or addressing the issue, not the individual. That's powerful. I would write that down. That's good. But um, ba back in your question, um, I wondered why this woman. Mm -hmm. Number one, we said, you know, she didn't. The Bible didn't say if she came from. If she had a, like a higher status uh, in the society, but when she spoke, Joab listened to her. Yeah. And I thought about it, like what gave her the credibility that when she gave her advice, the captain of the guard listened to what she was mm -hmm. saying. And I would think sh her advice and her actions were remarkable. Mm. Oh she yeah. had a good record. The people knew in the city that she had a good record of her wise yeah. choices. Um, I wrote down here when we establish a pattern or patterns of wisdom in our lives like you know you're involved in church you're walking with god you're in your bible people would listen to us in fact mm -hmm. they asked for our advice yes. and that's what this lady did mm -hmm. um like i said she's not known maybe her family's not known but when she said her advice this guy listened to her and that's to powerful. me that that spoke volumes that spoke volumes yeah but it's going back to what you said it's building a history, a pattern of credibility. Sometimes we want to walk into a situation to say, hey, you listen to me. But that's not how it works. I wrote down here, it's not just the position why people listen to you. It's our disposition. It's totally built on that, that attitude that we take, that approach. What, what attitude, what, uh, what approach are we having? Are we building credibility? We want people to take us seriously, but what are our actions communicating? Last week, we even mentioned this. Are you stating a declaration but never giving the de demonstration it's just empty we need to follow and follow up our demonstration with our declaration with a demonstration that when we say hey i'm a child of god i love god and i love you if you never do anything then it's not real it's mother's day and if you went to your mom or your spouse and said oh i love you what'd you do you know and you're just like oh hey i forgot i didn't do anything for you it loses its power it loses its it, its its potency what else would you add with this point? I would add that too, that as moms, our children do what we show them, mm -hmm. not what we tell them. Yeah. And I'm learning that the hard way, I think, at this point. Um, I'm always constantly yelling at my kids, especially when you get into that mode, you know, everything is falling apart and things can go your way. And then I noticed Megan would yell at Austin. And I'm like, where did she learn that from? It's from me. <laughs> um, and I remember... Um, but, you know, as I go around in this room, all of us can tell us something that our mom taught us. Um, I remember my mom, one of the main priorities that she taught us was going mm -hmm. to church. Mm -hmm. I mean, every Sunday. And my dad wasn't a Christian yet at that time mm -hmm. until I became 16. But sh um, every Sunday, she would take all four of us kids to church, whether we're on vacation. She would find mm -hmm. a church in that yeah. town that we don't, like, we don't even know this church. We don't know the people here. It was like, no, we got to go to church. And she made sure we were in church mm. every Sunday. Yeah. So her, that was important. That's how yeah. I learned I need to go to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I, I learned from her to be generous. When the finances were tight, she made sure, you know, we're going to give. We're going to give to people. We're going to give to church. She made sure we, we did that. And I mm. learned that from a, you know, from a young yes. age. Yes. And um, um, like what you said, it's not just declaration. You yeah. have to demonstrate it. Yeah. And for us moms, it's one thing to tell our kids, oh, you know, don't do that, don't do that. But what we show them, that's what they're looking. That's yes. what they're watching. And oh, yeah. I have to, you know, remember my, you know, I have to constantly remind myself if I'm doing that, if mm -hmm. I'm showing what yes. I'm telling them. Yes. Yeah. You're a demonstration. It reminds me of a story of a girl, and uh, she wasn't doing so great in art class. 
And the teacher noticed this little girl is just going to town, just drawing, and she's involved, and she's just doing a great job in her art project. And the teacher came over to the little girl and said, what are, you, what are you drawing? You look like you're really into it. You're doing a great job. And she says, I'm drawing God. And the teacher said, but nobody's ever seen God. They will in a minute. That's us as moms. Us. I say us. Excuse me. That's you as moms. That's, that's that picture that we're, that we're painting. You are that image. We're, we're that example. And what we know of God is so much what we've learned from you. And uh, I go back to just like my wife. She goes back to what her mom taught her, this example that she set. Many of you are probably worried about, oh, am I setting a negative example? Here's the thing. Right now, if we were to go through all the men in the room, tell something about, about your mom. I doubt anybody's going to harp on the negative. I doubt anybody's going to bring up, oh, yeah, she was, a, she, she was terrible at this, bad temper. They're going to bring up, oh, my mom prayed for me. My mom sacrificed for me. My mom worked those two jobs so I could go to college. My mom did this. They're going to bring up the good things. And so sometimes, and I love what you wrote down about this. What was the one thought you said? I wrote down, don't try to raise good rule-following kids. Raise God-following adults. Yeah. And yeah. when I heard that, that was like, wow, that's yes. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easy for us to get caught up with a bunch of rules. Oh, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. But I always go back to what the Bible said in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. It said, fear God and keep his commandments. And that fear is talking about a holy fear. Fear that you would feel when you disappoint someone, someone who loves you, someone who created you. Um, honestly, I, tr- I really try my best whenever I teach your kids um, to point them to Christ. Mm-hmm. For example, they're fighting, and, oh, she took this, he did this. I'm like, okay, you know, we're not going to fight. You know, God wants us to love one another and constantly telling them what God wants them to do um, when they're not obeying. Mm-hmm. Instead of me telling, well, you're supposed to obey mom, you're supposed to obey, obey dad, I would tell, you know what, the Bible said you obey your parents mm-hmm. and constantly telling them. And if we focus on those two things, fear and love God, everything else will fall into place. Yes, it will. You mm-hmm. know, um, I remember a mom saying before um, her daughter would leave or before her kids would go to school, she'd only tell them one thing, know who you are. She doesn't mm-hmm. have to, oh, don't do this, you know, make sure you don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. She'll just tell them, know who you are. And the kids knew exactly what she meant. Mm-hmm. They meant, you know what, we're going to protect her name because yes. a good name is yeah. um, rather to be chosen than great riches. Mm-hmm. And they would remember, we're God's child. Yes. We're God's children. Mm-hmm. We have to protect God's name. And they, the mom didn't have to go through like, Okay, you know, maybe make sure you don't do this, don't hang out with these people. The kids knew. She would just say, know who you are. That's, That's all powerful. she would say. And yes. the kids knew exactly what that meant. Mm-hmm. So. Because we as parents are setting an example that our children are following. And right now, you may be feeling like, oh, I haven't. This is what's so encouraging. Our, our, our whole goal today is to encourage you, not add a burden. And you may feel like, oh, I've messed up. But you know what? It's, it's okay to set an imperfect example. It's okay. You, you don't stress out about thinking, oh, everything's got to be perfect. I'm reading – my wife and I were reading a great book a friend of ours gave us. It's called The Tiger Mom. Anybody heard of that book, The Tiger Mom? Yeah, The Hymn of a Tiger Mom. It's great. And sometimes we feel like this is what I need to be doing. I need to match this and just be so. And there are certain days where you try, but it doesn't work out exactly like you want. Don't beat yourself up, Mom. And I know you were sharing with me about your Pinterest account. How uh, – w- That would probably go to the last point, that her – not only her – advice mm-hmm. and her approach was remarkable but also her assurance mm. um i wrote down here bad moments don't make bad mamas wow and Can you say that again that's really good bad moments don't make bad mamas 
and uh, I'm not downplaying, you know, our responsibility to teach them, but our kids will make some dumb choices, and it's very easy for the moms to feel like that was my fault. Mm. And I'm not downplaying the dad's um, position, but when your child didn't make it to the school that they wanted mm-hmm. to go to, or mm-hmm. when they failed a class, the moms feel like. Wow, that was my fault. But the dads mm. are more kind of like, oh, you know, he'll get over it or she'll get over it. Mm-hmm. But the moms, we feel like, huh, that was me. Th- mm-hmm. That's why they didn't make it. It, it was my fault. I didn't. I could have taught them more. Um, I want to encourage the moms here. You know, it's not. Our kids will always make dumb choices. In fact, Adam and Eve were in a perfect environment, mm. and yeah. they still chose to yes. sin. Yes. And I'm not saying you know you don't teach your kids, but our kids are going to make dumb choices. Um, when you're, when I'm, you know, when I'm at Target and Austin just start having a tantrum, everybody looks at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> teach your kid how to, how to behave. And I'm like, I didn't do anything, you know, let's get out of here. We dads just give him candy. Just give him candy. That's, that's <laughs> the secret right there. Problem but, solved. But I'm reminded about this lady um, from the Bible, the one wise woman, her assurance, she knew that her assurance is in Christ. That's right. Um, God has to be in it. I yeah. want to encourage the moms here, and I know a lot of you already do. Pray for your children every day, mm. every night. Yeah. Pray for their spouses. Pray for their future. And those prayers may not seem like it's yeah. working right now, yeah. but it is. Yes. And I can testify in that because I know my mom prayed for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had so many late nights of talking and crying, and I just remember there's times where she was like, oh, I don't know what else to do with you. <laughs> yeah. She was like, should yeah. I bring you to counseling, send you off for camp? And I remember she would just cry, and she was like, I, I catch her in her room, just kneeling down and praying, just praying and praying. Mm-hmm. And you, there may be some moms here that you're in that position, like, I don't know what else to do yeah. with this kid or yes. with, this, you know, with, my, with my daughter or son. I've shed so many tears, but prayer, that's the biggest part, prayer. Yeah. And um, Well, let me add something to that mm-hmm. when it comes to prayer, and because a lot of us, this is where we stop praying because we don't see the answer. That's why we stop. We don't reap in the same season that we sowed. We don't reap in the same season we sowed. And we need to change our mindset that sowing is like farming. There's a planting season, then there's a harvest season, and they're two different seasons. We'll leave you with that as we continue. And also, I want to remind the moms here, first of all, don't hang your identity on your children's fragile choices. Mm -hmm. And also, don't hang your identity on people's opinions Mm -hmm. i like what you said i have a pinterest account and i have over i don't know maybe thousands of pins that i want to do on my boards i want to do this i want to renovate the garage Mm -hmm. i want to try this recipe i want to do this and then i see a mom on facebook like they did it and i'm like wow i just totally feel like a loser (laughs) i have all this time and i've never done that i wanted to do that or you know it's funny too i've never heard so many free given opinions until i became a mom and ma- the moms can relate here. Cloth diapers, disposable diapers, organic, not organic. Uh, let him cry it out or rock him to sleep. And, you know, people are constantly telling you their opinions on how to raise your kids, um, daycare, or preschool. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's on. The list keeps going and going and going. And I want to encourage the moms here. That's not, that's, that's not where we should base our identity. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, your identity is found in Christ. Mm-hmm. You're loved. You're redeemed. Amen. Um, yeah. You're you're victorious, and people are constantly telling you yeah. their opinions on how to raise your kids. Or maybe I should have done it. Maybe I did it wrong. And that's not what it is. No. The Bible says in Ephesians two four, but God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, 
hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And I love this part. For by grace are ye saved mm -hmm. through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I want to encourage the moms here. Our kids are going to make dumb choices, but that's not who you are. That's yeah. not who we are. We are, that's what I read, we are saved. If you're a Christian, um, God loved us. We are loved. And don't give up on that. And um, I, I did want to ask you this. Maybe there's some um, sitting here, and you think, you know what? Yeah, that's good and all, but I've had, I, I've done it wrong. And maybe you're sitting here, and yeah. you're listening to all these questions, and you're like, um, I'm such a failure. <laughs> I don't feel like I can move on. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, how do you live with something like that? Yeah. So in this passage, we see here's this remarkable woman, and we're thinking, yeah, that's great, but... My past prevents me from having a better future. And I want to encourage you in Matthew chapter number one. We don't have a lot of time, so I'll read the passage for you. And it's just one simple verse. It, was, it caught me in the genealogy of Jesus. Verse number six, it says, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon. And this is what's interesting. Of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Matthew wrote this book hundreds and over almost a thousand years after David and Bathsheba had that terrible moment together. But it's still being talked about. How would you like it when your failure is still talked about way after the fact? And maybe that's where some of you are at. You say, I hate going to a family reunion because they always bring up that one moment, that one mistake. And sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's hurtful. Some of you are saying, well, I'm a mistake. My parents didn't plan me. This wasn't what they wanted. And you feel just overwhelmed that that you have this huge mistake in your life and you figure that you can't have a great future. Your kids will never have a great future because you feel exactly like this passage where they're still heaping on this title onto Bathsheba. And I wrote this down. How do you live with something you can't live down? How do you live with something you can't live down? Because Bathsheba's got to live with this sin. David's got to live with this sin. And God even in that passage in, in um, 2 Samuel 12, God even took the child that she and David had. But in that same passage, here's what's powerful in Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 6. The Bible says, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Her first son died, but there was still a king inside of her. Did you catch it? There was still a king inside of her. There was still potential. God could have picked anybody. He could have picked anybody to continue the line of Christ. The line of Christ comes through this woman, but God says, I don't care. We can go in John chapter number four. It makes no sense that God uses a woman that have slept with many of the men in that city and says, I'm going to use you to go bring revival to that city. Makes no sense. You and I just think, no, why would God do that? But God did. It makes no sense that God would choose to use and even name a prostitute in Hebrews 11 in the hall of faith. And God says, I'm going to use that woman in this same passage in the genealogy of Jesus. She ran a brothel. Here's, here's this woman. God says, I want to use her. So where are you at this morning? And you're thinking, 
it's over for me. God's saying, just like Bathsheba, no, there's a king inside of you. There is hope. There is potential. There is a future inside of you. God's got great things for you. But maybe you're sitting here and you have never fully given your life to Christ. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, I've never asked him into my life. As my wife read, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. It's a free gift that God says, I want to I offer this to you. And this morning, this is something we want to make sure you don't leave this room without. It's that gift of eternal life. Because God wants to do a great work in you. What we're going to do right now is, hun, before we go to our invitation time, would you pray for the ladies of this room? That would you pray that they would sense that God has a plan, God has a purpose, that, that they would have peace in their lives, and then we're going to go to our invitation time. Would you please pray? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this special day where um, we could just celebrate and just be more thankful with our moms. And I know the moms in this room are so special. I mean, I know you've created um, each of these ladies and with such a unique assignment, and not just to raise kids, but also to bring glory to your name. I pray, Lord, for the moms, especially in this room, that you would put a hedge of protection around them, that you would give them the grace that they need and the strength during those days where um, it's just hard to keep going and when their kids are not doing as what they wanted to do and when things are not going well, I pray that you would give them that grace that they need. I pray that you would constantly remind us that our identity is found in you. Our kids are going to do dumb choices make mistakes but help us to remember that we are victorious in you we are redeemed and we can't hang our identity on the fragile choices of our kids i pray for these moms that you'll um, continue to empower them with your holy spirit and that they would be godly and um, honoring you and just showing christ's love in their homes i pray also for their children and i pray for their families i pray that you'll continue to protect them and that um you'll give them the strength as they go through it each day Thank you again for this special day where we can celebrate our moms. 